Watch who? Hello. And welcome to Two Watch Who with Doctor Who podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. And I'm a Doctor Who fan. And I'm new to watching Who. <laughs> watching for the very first time. Very first time. Yay! And here we are, everybody. It's a, like a cosy, wintry evening. We're at Vivian Faye's cottage, sat around the fire. Yes! She's um, given us some sausage sandwiches. Sausage <laughs> I've actually made, well, I tried to make some mulled cider. All right, yeah. You know how I, to do it. Well, I put a can of cider in a, a pan and heated right. it up. And at one of those, I got one of those mulled wine... No, like no, 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 no. But it's like fizzy cider and it all started yeah. like fizzing. What cider are you supposed to use? Still cider, like a uh, scrumpy. Oh, I have, I've not done that. Anyway, it's still quite nice, just warm cider. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect for the surrounding. What a lovely cottage this is. I had some great mulled cider the other day. Yeah. It was proper mulled cider, but we added apples and oranges, cinnamon, a little bit of syrup. And what else did we add? I want to say brandy, like a splash of brandy. It's really well, good. I'll, maybe I'll ask Vivian. Maybe it was whiskey. We added whiskey. I can't remember what it was, but we added a spirit of some sort to it. I'll look through the kitchen here and see what she's got. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she got much in. Well, she's been here for like thousands of years. She must have got Yeah, she should have loads. <laughs> yeah. Anyone worth a while? Oh, can I also say that this lovely sitting room? I don't know how much you remember of this sitting room that we're in. <laughs> a bit. I've also looked a bit spare at the time. Spare? What am I talking? What is wrong with me today? Words. It's because I'm a little bit tired. Um, sparse. <laughs> oh, I thought it was quite. It's like a nice, cozy. That I don't know if you remember the pattern of the sofas. My parents used to have that. I <laughs> yes, that I, I had completely. a pink flowered sofa as well. It was like, and the cups that they had, I recognise the cups. My parents, they're Port Mirian design cups that they have there. So, yeah, Vivian Faye, she's got some good stuff going on. I thought it just looked, it was cosy because you had the fire. Basically, it was a fire, a sofa and a chair, and a coffee table. Yeah, like a nice mantelpiece. But that was it. There was nothing else in the room. There was no other bits in the room. Yeah, there was a few. Yeah, okay, it wasn't like full of stuff. It looked cosy to me anyway. It looked cozy. It looked like we've made this section where they are cozy, and yeah. the rest of it isn't being seen, so we don't need to worry about the background stuff. Okay. Anyway, well, it's the Stones of Blood this week, as I, and as I said before, the one hundredth Doctor Who story. So it's not a hundredth episode, though. No, no, because of Doscas and extras and yeah, stuff. Yeah. We had a hundred ages ago, actually. Yeah, yeah, ages ago. Ages. Yeah, so it's that's your one hundredth on TV. How did you watch this? All in one. Wow. Okay, was that because of time or because you enjoyed it? Because of time, and <laughs> also because my plan was to do two and two or three and one, and then I ended up watching it all because I was struggling to keep up with it in terms of understanding it. And I just thought, you know what? If I stop, I'm not sure I'll remember what's just happened. I did struggle a little bit with it. Oh, no. This is yeah. a great one. This is really good. I really enjoyed it. There was a lot of just like, well, I, I still, because 
I got very confused. Sorry, we're really jumping now, but they had like the three things, wasn't it? The I can't remember their names, but the rock things, the other thing. And he said them, and I was like, I don't understand. Like, what's what? Like, I understood which ones the rocks were, and then everything else. I was like, have I missed something? How's this come in? Like, where have they got that from? There's a lot of just a lot of information, and I couldn't quite work out where everything was coming from. And I thought, if I stop, I don't think I'll be able to pick this back up. I just need to keep going while I've got at least something. So that's why I did it in full. Okay. Well, I'll go through the story and then I can try and explain as we go along. Oh, actually, before we start, I've just noticed on our Twitter, this is a bit of a throwback, um, Pete on our Twitter so said, okay, you know, Wheel in Space, Tanya with the nose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We she has been twice in Doctor Who and we didn't notice. Oh, he's just that's said, your he's just noticed today. So Tanya was in a first Doctor story. Oh. And she played, do you remember the Savages, Nanina, the one that Stephen left in? Yes. Nanina. Oh, yeah. And he goes, Nanina. And she um she was like She's the one outside, isn't she? She was like outside. That's yeah. Tanya with the nose. Oh, Oh my gosh, that is a throwback. So I had to say that because I never knew that. I didn't realise that at the time. That is a new fact for me. New info. Yeah, there we <laughs> um, Okay, Stones of Blood. So we start off, it's as if the Pirate Planet last week just. Sorry, happened. can I just stop you? How did you first watch this? That's always my favourite part. How did you first come across this? Yeah, I got the video from Southend. Okay, um, just the video. Yeah, and is I think because you got like, it in that set, and they were all together. So they're all in the set. So I don't know. This is maybe one of the last ones that I saw. It wasn't the third one. So yeah, yeah it was out of order. But I do remember buying it and sort of watching it in like a half term holiday style thing. So I, I think I enjoyed it at the time. Um, I think I just wanted to get the set to make up the picture on the spines. So I was like, I've got to get this one. <laughs> I get that. I get that. Uh, it was definitely a South End one though. Yeah. So it's as if we've just had the pirate planet and they've got their two pieces of the key to time and they're just trying to have a like do they fit together um, yeah. i'm not that big a fan of that room that's just outside the like you know we, we like to see the tardis don't we but it's just like a black room with a fridge in they haven't even bothered putting round things on the wall or anything i don't know i'm just like this is such a weird like space just outside the control room you just walk out yeah that black like, space yeah, yeah yeah i thought that but, I mean, I guess that's kind of the point. There are lots of different rooms for different purposes, and this one is obviously holding the keys of time. Mm. And we go into... Well, we're on Earth for oh, this one. Just while we are talking about that, though, that whole dialogue bit, I don't know where... Like, can we just discuss it a little bit? I was like, are they doing this because it's been a few weeks and they're reminding maybe anyone coming into it what is going on? Because uh, I was like, why are we throwing back to like that? Is it going to, I don't know. I, I was, it was quite a long time, I thought, to be spending recapping what we've been going for a few weeks. Yeah, I, when I saw that, I thought, okay, they're just doing that for the viewers just to say, oh, by the way, we're trying to find the key to time. We're off to find the other one because it has been a little while since we explained it. That's what I thought. But then they do also say about the Black Guardian, don't they? And there's that voice saying, oh, no, the White Guardian goes, beware the Black Guardian. But then I thought, is that a bit of a... You know, later on, when Romana gets pushed off the the thing, I wasn't sure, because they say 
the Black Guardian can change into any shape or form. So, yeah, and that and then- this comes up to my whole thing of not understanding things. And maybe, maybe, well, yeah, you're I, right. Well, I think that was a little bit of a misdirection because the whole Dr. Pushing Romana off because it's somebody that can change into things is because Vivian Faye has got the the key to time thing and they say whoever has that it's known you can change things so it's a bit it's not actually the black guardian i don't think i think maybe you're supposed to think maybe there's something there but it's actually the necklace that she's got and she's able to do that and have those powers and that's why they work out that she it's her and she's got it but i don't think it is actually anything to do with the black guardian yeah i just thought it was a really long scene for not a lot well maybe a bit of padding as well because then we see we're on Earth and we see chanty culty people, which I'm not a fan of, and I'm glad they're not in it that much. But they're really stone- not. I mean, it's only that one scene. Yeah, and you've got a stone circle, which when they're on location, is actually a real stone circle. Yeah, you can go, I am. You can I go imagine and visit so, that. Yeah, yeah, you can go and visit that. And uh, nowadays, there's on the doc- on the um, DVD. Mary Tam goes and visits it and does a little documentary and meets people <laughs> and talks about oh. the stones. But also, did you? Uh, what's quite nice about this, which is different, is when they're outside, it's on video, not film, so you don't get that picture change. I don't, I don't think they've ever done that before. But we're on Earth. Oh, clothes watch a minute. So because we're on Earth, Romana's like, this is what they wear on Earth. <laughs> so she's got... Oh, my like, gosh, the heels. Well, obviously she's got the heels and she's got the... Is it a Burberry hat? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, do you know what? The hat, I was like... Because at, at that point, we don't know where they're going. So I was thinking, oh, you know, maybe it's like in an industrial sort of setting. Very like... I mean, she's wearing like a boilery suit sort of look. It's not a boiler suit, but it's that sort of like industrial... I've got my cap on. And then the heels were just hilarious. But who I felt sorry for more than anything was the actress having to wear them outside and the close-up they did on her feet. They did, yeah. Well, I th- is that a bit of a plot point? Because obviously she gets changed. Cause, and then, okay, go, skipping ahead, where she's like, she can't walk, so she has to stay behind. She can't walk with the doctor later on in her yeah, heels yeah. in the mud. So, But then she just gets them and she just throws them away and just decides to go barefoot later on. Towards I don't the rocks. Like her, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, Mark, if you've not had to wear heels, you don't understand. <laughs> but there that's comes quite... a point where we all want to just chuck them off and have enough of them. Maybe that's sort of a bit of an in joke going back to sixties because it's not. Well, again, it go, it shows Romana. She doesn't know. She's like, oh, these are nice. I'll wear these because it says on Earth they wear them. It's her inexperience. So I think that's what it's from. But I love the hat. I think the hat's cool. Yeah, I liked I liked her ensemble, apart from the heels being a bit random. But to be honest, nowadays there's some nights out where people would wear that outfit. Yeah, that's a good like, cosplay. That's a very in outfit right now. <laughs> people love wearing like baggy trousers, bottomy things with heels. She's very in. When they're at the Stones, they meet a great character here, Amelia Rumford. Just straight, just it's just funny. They're just there, and she's just straight in, chatting away, very, very natural. Nothing phases her. She's like chatting to the doctor about that. She's an expert on the stones. I love that scene, and she's great throughout this whole thing, isn't she? There were some bits where I was like, I couldn't work out whether. She couldn't remember her lines and whether there was some improv going on. 
Like those dates, she was very slow remembering those dates. And I'm not sure if there was a prompt there being like holding them up or something. <laughs> <laughs> she's looking, she's not looking at him. She's looking right ahead at stuff. I loved her though. <laughs> I no, I think it's just really great acting. She's playing that. I think. I don't think that's just generally not remembering her. Like she's just playing it so great. She's and it's quite rare. They, these characters do stand out because of the naturalistic performance. Sometimes when someone's got a performance like that, it just adds so much more to it. Just the way she's chatting and it's it's a little bit ridiculous sometimes because she's just like you know with the stones and. Romana and all the everything going on K9 and everything. She's just like, let's go, let, yo, I'm really enjoying this and all that. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed her. There were points when I just couldn't work. I was kind of thinking, how how has this happened? In a nice way. In an absolutely nice way. Because it was so relaxed, but sometimes I was a bit like, it's a bit too relaxed, you know? And then Vivian Fay as well is helping out there surveying the stones. And you don't suspect anything about Vivian Faye to begin with. No, no. That was a really nice twist. I love when there's something that you really don't expect. We've had... This is the second one now. Mm, she plays it a little bit creepy, even at, be, at the beginning, I think. I See, I don't think she does. I actually thought when he said, like, there's something fishy or... He said something like, to stay, watch those two or something. There's something going on. I thought, like, that was a bit odd, actually. I thought, why? Well, you know, other than Amelia talking a bit too much, this other woman, like, other than just looking enthusiastic, I don't think had done anything. No, it's um, because the Doctor just finds out about the stones there and they think with the tracer that maybe the, they're looking for one of the stones to be the key. And something about, I don't know, it feels like the Doctor's got a sense about something. He's not given any information that something dodgy is happening. He just hears about... The guy, like the um, druids around in the area, and I think he thinks, okay, maybe that's a bit of a clue. Yeah, there's not much reason for him to be so suspicious. But also then it plays into what happens later, so... And then Romana has to stay because of the shoes, stays behind while the Doctor goes off. And I love Amelia, she's like... (laughs) And and actually, from from watching it... There was nothing that made me think that they were being odd or their behaviour was different, and I liked that. What is weird, I thought, is when the Doctor goes off to the house, um, so we've got Druid Man, so I don't have his name. I should get his name, really, so we don't get... Um, oh, DeFries. De There's DeFries and Martha is is the lady with him. De and then the Doctor's going into this lovely country house and a lovely set again, and he suddenly knows who the Doctor is. Yeah, uh, and he's like, oh, and, and he knows that he's spoken to Amelia and Vivian. That's and a, that's the that. isn't it? Yeah, and I did. I never really got that connection until I watched it this time because I, I'm just watching it. Whenever I watch it for this podcast, I'm always a little bit watching it a little bit more than maybe as a child just enjoying it, you know. And I never really know. I was like, why is he? Why does he know? But it's the crows that are talking to it. Yeah, that that know. Yeah, okay. That answers that then. And you've got a crow in the studio, which is very good. Very well-behaved crows. The crows were great. I liked Romana being a little bit scared of the crows. I liked that. I don't blame her. Like, crows are quite scary. So in terms of the story, all we've got in part one is we know that the druids are around the, the circle sacrificing, because we see at the beginning, the 
putting blood on the stones <laughs> for the stones of blood. There is literal blood on stones and and that whatever this thing is they do say in that dialogue between the doctor uh, that it can turn into any shape or being and i think that's when the doctor gets suspicious because he knows maybe he's suspecting the black guardian then possibly or the key to time when that fact comes along you can then get okay that's why he's suspicious and then because we've had that information romana's bored now waiting around that's what she throws her shoes away and decides to walk around near the cliffs because she hears the doctor. And then we don't see evil doctor. I like it how they do that because you could have had Tom Baker there being, you know, your usual double and it, you see it, but you don't, the audience don't see it. Only Romana sees it, which I quite yeah. like. That's a, a good decision there because you can sort of imagine, did she actually see it? Is it somebody else? Is she mistaken or not? It's very ambiguous then. But then she proper goes over at the end of part. She is like, that is a proper scream. And Okay, she's going over a cliff. Fair enough. But she proper goes over. Like, there's no... <laughs> <laughs> there's no half-heartedness in that. She is going right over there. <laughs> so, literal cliffhanger, which is quite nice. <laughs> literal cliffhanger. <laughs> And that, okay, the effects, it's the film underneath and the right waves and stuff, which she, do, she does a good job of holding on. She holds on for a while. I mean, she holds on for a while. Let's just, her upper body strength, my God. <laughs> she's there for like half the episode, like sprawled out. On the yeah, she's not just like in one little comfy position. She's like spread out. That's not just like, that's your whole upper, that's your chest. That's so many muscles. That is a lot to hold on. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Um, and there's no like recap on that, I noticed on the two. You go straight into, well, the doctor's then. Oh, I actually, just just going back, that first episode, I rewound it like three times because it happened, just the ending. Because it all happened so quickly, I was like, "Did I miss something?" Like, I just wanted to make sure that I got like, and like you say, you don't see anything. That's kind of the point. But I wanted to check that I hadn't missed seeing something, so I rewound it like three times. And I remember the third one. I was like, uh, "I was like, have I got this?" And I was like, oh, "There'll be a recap." <laughs> like the one time there's not all those episodes we watch where there's a massive recap i know at least she was expecting the doctor ah to happen and there's no recap well i was gonna say was there padding in this or not uh, sometimes with re you get the reprise longer when they need to fill it out a bit but there was a cut there's a famous cut scene they never filmed it but tom baker wanted it to happen and the producer didn't want it to happen they were gonna have a um Romana was going to be like, because it's the 100th story, Romana was going to be like, it's your birthday, and bring out a birthday cake and have a whole scene in the TARDIS with a birthday cake. And they worked it out in rehearsal, and then the producer was like, no, we're not doing that. And I don't think Tom Baker was happy about that. <laughs> oh, I bet. I, I did find it a bit odd that considering it's a 100th, there is, there is nothing any different about this story. Well, I think it's just that it happens to be a, a fact that it's the 100th. It doesn't really, it's in the middle of a season. It's not a big deal. It's not a big event, really. I don't know. It's interesting, though, isn't it? Because nowadays, whenever anything gets to 100, and that's the thing as well, there's not a lot of things that have reached 100. I mean, I think we think there is. But if you think how much TV there is and how many shows have actually reached 100 shows, it's quite small. Well, I mean, 100 stories, not 
individual weeks episodes you know so no exactly exactly i mean you know sitcoms for example in america when they reach 100 it's a massive deal but uh not for well it's too busy there's too much going on in this story and then the doctor he got knocked out it's he's very suddenly being sacrificed on the on the stones i really i again that was another thing that i went back and watched just to check how i was watching it is how quickly he gets taken down. I was like, who hit it? Like, I saw him see the thing and he was going and, and then he's down. And I was like, what took him down? I missed how quickly it all just happened. Yeah, he skips out a bit. And then I love how they're all chanting, they're all there. And then they hear someone coming and it's Amelia on her bike. And they all have to, like, she rescues him of all the people, which is great. And, she, and she's not really bothered. She's out on her bike, like, oh, I thought I'd bring Romana a drink. Well, she's still out here. <laughs> She's just out here. I thought I'd bring her a drink. Uh, and then with looking for Romana, this is K9 comes into it. So great. K9 is being a, a tracking dog. Perfect use for him. Perfect um, use for a dog. Yeah. And I like that how K9 comes to the rescue. And then Romana, when she's rescued, is, is a bit, doesn't trust the doctor. And then there is that talk about transforming and the key and maybe the black guard, you know. And then, of course, Romana has to go and change her outfit halfway through the story. Have we had that before where they're just like, right, let's go head back to the TARDIS. You need to get a proper outfit. Not like that, <laughs> no. <laughs> and so that's quite funny. There's time to do that. Usually there's no time, is there? You know, like Dodo or whatever or Victoria will wear something ridiculous and it's like... Or oh, they now? get changed as part of the story in like a... I'm trying... Like, like a thing... Like, Thing you did, Layla did last season when she got into a Victorian garb. Yeah, as part of the story. Not like, stop everything, we're just going back to the actual wardrobe <laughs> and we're getting changed. Well, and that's different. as well. Normally, someone would give them clothes. Like, I get Layla in the jumper, you know, got that. She didn't arrive with the jumper. She got that because of where they were and they were like, you need warm clothes. Here, have these. So it's it's interesting that, you know, and also bear in mind, She's been with a load of women all day. I'm surprised. Like, I'm surprised if Amelia was bringing a hot drink. Why did she bring her a scarf as well? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, she should have thought about that. Yeah. It's like, well, I, you don't think she's going to be cold enough that she's bringing a, a bevy? Do you know what I mean? But maybe not enough to be like, oh, she probably wants something a little bit more suitable. She's still waiting, and it's cold. Yeah, bring her a nice coat. Um, and then Defries and that lady—they're just. This is when the ogre come in, the big stone things. They're they're doing like a chanting, and I'm, they're just normal like earth people, right? Are you following yeah, the story? That's up to how this I point? understood it. You're following the story up to this point, right? Yeah. I, look, I followed it the whole way through. There were just little elements, like I mentioned, that I just had to go back and rewind, or just I was just like, am I missing something? But again, for the story, for something that I don't know, you're supposed to believe that they're the baddie, I guess, as an audience. They're the ones that, I mean, they've knocked the doctor out and all this, you know? So you're sort of, sort of supposed to be believing that. But they do very little. Well, I think they're just, they're not really, you know, as, as we find out, they're not the real baddies because he's like trying to do the, well, before actually he wants to kill the doctor and then she's like, no, we're not actually going to kill people. They're just like your normal sort of druids on earth that aren't actually going to do anything. They're just doing the... They're just worshipping it, and that's fine. They're not actually going to kill anyone or do anything. And then when the ogre actually come in, I think they're quite surprised. And um, and she's like, no, Leonard, I won't leave you. And they get killed straight away by the ogre, which are these big stone things that glow. 
and that's about it. We've never had just big stones that just tend to go along on presumably wheels or something. Well, the, the closest we've had to stones is um, what's his name when he came alive? Bok. He, oh, Bok. Yeah, oh, yeah. But this is literally just like a stone. And I had well, okay. I made well. I didn't make an ogre intentionally, right? Right. I was like, when I was like, I don't know, 12, 13 or whatever, I was making like a little film with my friends and there was supposed to be like an earthquake and I made all the props and everything and we come around and we were filming it, you know, shaking the camera and I was made, and I made like a massive, like, it actually did look like an ogre. It was cardboard boxes covered in paper and I painted it all like stone and everything. So it was like a big obelisk thing that was going to tip over and, um, and I, and I was spending a lot of time on this painting, this, and then my mum was like, "Oh, you've made an ogre," and I was like, "Well, no, I haven't." <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, you've made an ogre. This is an ogre from Doctor Who. I don't know how she knew what your an ogre was." was. <laughs> she saw your little grey prop and was like, "Ogre." Yeah. So and I, and I it didn't even cross my mind that I'd made an ogre, but it looked exactly like it. It was like the same shape and everything. Aww. I was like, I didn't intend to make an ogre. It was just a. Um, it was a. What did I call the film? I can't remember what it was. I basically I'd read a Doctor Who annual and there was like this script that they never used or whatever and I like changed it and I was like, let's make this with my friends at school and we made it and I was like Aww. I was from space or something and I like fell through the roof and there was all this like debris and stuff and everyone was like screaming and the someone no got one knocked out. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll show you a clip one day. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I had that, and I don't away my little Mark Pride. <laughs> I don't know what happened to that ogre. I had it for a long time in my bedroom, just this big stone thing. I was say. I must have, <laughs> so I don't know. It must have just gone to the recycling. But I spent a lot like, getting all like the detail, like the different shades of grey and the little, you know, the details of it all in, like sort of bit paper mache y bit. It was great. I'll try and find a photo. I don't know. Well, be in the film. You don't really see it much in the film because it's just like a big thing that comes across and like knocks someone out. Yeah. So, it reminds uh, me a little bit of a salt rock. Yeah. With the glow. It, yeah. It's, <laughs> with the glow. <laughs> now you get like salt rock lights. Yeah. It reminded me of that. You could have an ogre lamp, couldn't you? That'd be quite nice. Well, you could just buy a salt rock. Or a salt rock. Yeah. And call it an ogre lamp. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But they're not. I don't know. They haven't really gone all out for the monsters in this, so it's not really a monster story, is it? It's just rock that's no. going to come and get you. But again, what I, I really liked about it was it was a really interesting twist because when we got to three, and it reminds me a little bit of when, in the last season, when we ended up in the hospital, and it was just completely different. Well, yes, okay, yeah, like Invisible Enemy. Yeah, it, it moves the story on. It would get a bit boring if they were just running around with Ogre in the back and forth. But before we but get like, there... It was just so different. I was like, oh, okay, and now we're doing this. And I really appreciated it, actually. So once we once the Ogre have appeared, we're back at uh, Vivian. We have tea and sausages, tea and sausage sandwiches, sorry, even... Uh, I love a sausage sandwiches. <laughs> Especially with a poached egg. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's messy. Mm. You wouldn't like it. You don't like messy things. Mm. But I think uh, you would like it as well. Okay, are you saying a hot sausage sandwich or a cold yeah. one? You see, I, I see. When I say think of sausage sandwiches like Vivian Faye's, I'm sure I think of a cold one. You, you've cooked them the day before, and they, you've had them in the fridge overnight. Oh God, and that it, just I, makes a cold me think one. My dad. 
My it's like whenever we went out for food, if we had sausage and mash or something like that, my dad would always save a sausage for the next day. Like, and it was like my mum would be mortified. He'd literally get a napkin and he'd start wrapping up the sausage, <laughs> like whatever. And he was like, "I'll have that tomorrow for my lunch." And my mum would be like, "Oh my gosh!" And he just put it in his pocket. He just put it in his top pocket, like the sausage in a napkin wrapped up. And my mum would be like mortified and i thought it hilarious because like that's brilliant yeah, yeah. that's my tomorrow, that was sandwich but you're well you're working i'm gonna have my sausage my cold sausage buddy but i think it's because i maybe it's because when i think of a sausage sandwich i think of breakfast style bap whereas i think of it as a cold butty and maybe that's just because i'm northern like a cold sandwich sausage butty mm. yeah i would yeah, I would have. Or if you cook, like, I don't know, if I'm going to cook a pack of sausages and I'm like, I can't eat them all, I'll be like, right, I'll have those tomorrow. Yeah, in a sandwich. Yeah, I love it. it like, a cold sausage sandwich is great. Actually, a, a, a cold chip sandwich is also all right. If there's like, oh, if, no. you had, if you had like fish and chips or something, keep them the next day, that's all right as well. Oh, no, I couldn't have them cold. I mean, don't go wrong, I love a chip butty, but I couldn't have a cold chip butty. But no, <laughs> I, in my head, it was a hot sausage because I've been outside all day. So you want something a bit. Warm you up. Yeah, quick. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to find out. Well, I'm sure there'll be hot and cold options available in the next Oscars for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> While and we're vegan, here. And vegetarian. We'll have some Glamorgan sausages in yeah. there as well. So While we'll we're cover here, I'll, um, I'll, yeah, I'll ask, I'll get the recipe and make sure that they are. Vivian Faye's perfect sausage sandwiches. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, and this, oh, yeah, it gets really, this is where it ramps up a bit because then they find out that um, in the discussion that the land's always been owned by a woman. So that's your uh, first Yeah, I hint. loved that. That was quite interesting, yeah. Because there's no indication of any of, you know, because like we said, it, we think it's like the culty people that are all part of it. You have no idea. Oh, and then Canine goes on. He won with the parrot last week, but I'm afraid an ogre is not, is too strong for him. And we sort of have an animal hospital moment with Canine, don't we? I know. <laughs> it was quite sad when they were talking about like putting him down. I know. I was like, you can't just do that. Like, did you think K9 would be written out or something? Like... I did. I thought, like, I genuinely I thought maybe they've realised how difficult it is to have him around. And this is, like, he's sacrificed for the greater good sort of thing. I think maybe they're going to, they are starting to think, what can we do with K9 now? So they are... It's getting yeah, there. You can sort of get the, the inclination, because it must be hard every week to be like, what are we going to do with this robot dog? And I kept thinking, they're on the bloody moors. The thing won't be able to move. No, I mean, he moves very far. He's on a plank there when he goes to go and get Romana. He's like, like across on that on that thing. But no, that is really sad. Uh, so he's out of it for a bit. Then we find out. Oh, yeah. Then we see. This is where we see the, the feathery Cesar of Diplos. The, well, the Kaliak outfit, which I think... Would it just looks like a drag race runway look? Because <laughs> I've recently watched there was one where they do like a Halloween one, and it was um, monster. I'd like to freak on the runway, and that is perfect. That is says that is the Kaliak <laughs> is a monster. I'd like which, to freak. Which drag race is that? Oh, I can't remember what season it is. It's like in an American oh, one, or it's is an it American one? No, it's, it's not American like the Canada one. one at the minute, is it? No, it's it's a uh, quite an old one. Uh, but it, you can imagine. Vivian Faye, <laughs> your yes. sausage sandwiches 
people were tasty, but your evil intentions were too much. <laughs> <laughs> Or something like that, you know. Yeah, I feel you. Cesar of Diplas. What I love, Mark, is before you do each one of those impressions, you have to bring your hand up into some sort of teeth. <laughs> that is what. Before you even started talking, I was laughing because every time you brought your hand into a teapot, like I'm a little teapot. No, sure, no, and going now, here is my hand. Here is my spout. <laughs> No, I was doing like what they do. No, she goes. No, that. Uh, they like, Mark. They don't they, form teapots. <laughs> Tonight's runway is Kita Time Eleganza. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's what I think it looks like. It's one of those. It's a, definitely a drag race outfit. Yeah. Uh, for that. Uh, and it's Vivian Faye that's inside. She's off. She's getting changed quick into that. Oh, oh yeah, because and then we also see the Doctor and Amelia are off. I like them investigate. Amelia would be such a great companion. The Doctor and Amelia, I would love a whole series of that. Do you know what? There was a, there was a point in it when I wondered, and then I realised, like, no, it won't work within what we're trying to do with this story. But I was like, do you think she'll join? Like, because ultimately, she's been learning little bits and she brings a different sort of knowledge. If they weren't doing this time thing, this keys... She'd be such an interesting companion to have on. I think, yeah, they missed a trick there. Someone like that. I mean, you know, we had like Miss Hawthorns and we've had Martyla's and and this sort of similar, but there's something about Amelia that is just because she's got that science knowledge. Yeah, so yeah. Really and she's really open minded to it. That's what well. like, yeah. she's very she asks him, like, are you from outer space he's like oh it's more inner she's like oh okay and that's it that's just the end of it but she's very all this knowledge and stuff that's been thrown at her she sort of is confused but she's very open to what it is mm, that's it yeah yeah I, i'd love to see more of it i but think that's they... researcher in her yes yeah and she finds out well with the doctor that all these paintings and that's when they realize it's vivian fay with the paintings and it's a, it's a clever way of doing it. And then just as we find that out, that's when Romana's like, oh, yes, Vivian, what are you doing in the bushes here? There's something happening over it there. Was and really, she gets yeah, out. Yeah. Oh, so obvious. She doesn't even question that she's wearing her drag race outfit, all the feathers and stuff. She doesn't even clock that. So, um, and then, then, like you say, we move on. We have our invisible enemy hospital moment where we go out into space to a different set for part three onwards. And this is where we're back and forth. So we've got the ogre battle between with Amelia and the Doctor. That's quite fun. Um, and then we've got... Well, Amelia does, and then Amelia and K9. And I really liked that. Also, then there was a part of me, now that they'd fixed K9, I wondered whether they were going to leave K9 with Amelia. Oh, that would be perfect, wouldn't it? That would like, be amazing. That was something that I thought was going to happen. Sort of like, a, you know, you can stay here and teach her thing i don't know but i thought i did think that might happen because there was it was she was so trusting of this robot dog that apparently in new jersey is all the rage <laughs> well it's good it's actually quite a good story for canine he does actually get a lot to do and he's got his own storyline because the doctor and romana are off in hyperspace so it, it there's enough story to go around for canine and amelia to do that because she has to rebuild the whole thing after she builds it builds it with the doctor she has to build it again 
And then with the spaceship stuff, what are you thinking about? So it's the Megara and these justice machines. It's like being on jury duty and the and all of that. I, I thought it was a nice, interesting twist, actually. Again, they weren't around for long. It was enough. I think if we'd have had the whole story of them, I'd have been like, no, too much. But actually, for a concept and idea, it was very clear and simple. And I quite like that. I like the whole, like, they're completely impartial justice, and but therefore their justice is quite, because of the impartiality, they're very to it and so and it was quite interesting to see the doctor play with that. And it's, I liked it, like when he was being executed and he touches what's her name? Her name's Amelia, not Amelia. Um, Vivian Faye. When yeah, when he grabs Vivian Faye's hand and she ends up getting knocked back as well. And I was like, it was really interesting to see how he works with the dynamics of all that as well. Well, he's trying to outwit these machines that they're stuck with. Um, when I first saw it, I felt that a bit boring because it's just these twinkly things, a bit like the tin foil. Actually, a better version of the tin foil. Yeah, I agree. It was a better version of the tin foil. At least it. I like the little tinny conversations that happened in between that we don't hear, but sort of hint to like discussion, but move it along. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and I, I enjoyed it more this time. It didn't feel as boring just watching because it must be tough for all the actors just to be acting to those things the whole time what are you thinking of when it's Cessa of Diplos she gets changed that's the sort of a drag race outfit that <laughs> is silver. a drag race all yeah. silver that is a drag race outfit <laughs> it's Vivian Fay. she's criminal <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that was so strong um yeah, she's. Uh, it's good that she completely changes. Then she's completely transformed. Then from this yes. lady into, and you know she's evil. And the whole idea. This is where it gets. Well, no, no, it's quite straightforward. So she, it's her ship. Well, no, it's a prison ship that she was on, that she was supposed to be transporting, to be arrested to. But somehow she's got. I, th- I see. I think it. I think that they were looking for her, and they found her, got her on the ship. But before they could question her, so they don't realise it's her, she shuts them away. Well, she's got shuts away because she using the power of the, it's the necklace we find out is the key to time, and she can transform, and she's got hold of the ogre because of that. But no, but she's been on Earth for like since like whatever BC. So, but oh, but then is it because the spaceship's in hyperspace? Oh no, yeah, because it's been in hyperspace for that long, hasn't it? Because everything's yeah, yeah. shut off and everything's all like cobwebs think- and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think that they found her. They get her up, and she shuts. She banishes them away, put whatever, and then can use that to go back and forth. So she can like be in one form, transform into another, go back to Earth, live her life, do what she needs to do, be a bitch, and then you know. But the whole time, but it's definitely their ship, and it's definitely. Yeah, I don't think she's like. I don't think she, because they'd have known who she was. Because they'd have already sentenced her and then she's trapped them away. They'd remember that. So I think they found her, went to question, and she somehow locked them away. But then she brought the stone circle and the ogre, and the ogre need the blood, which is why they're killing people. What is the point of her being there for all those thousands of years? Is it to power, to get power, or 
I'm a bit confused on no. that. I don't This is what I mean. There's some things <laughs> that, was... that, like, don't really have a conclusion. I guess maybe she, because the stone circles, did she bring it, you said? Well, at the end, the, she, well, the doctor say she becomes stone, but doesn't, isn't there the doctor say that the stone circle has been there for however, since whatever BC, when she arrived, implying that it arrived with her and is that ogre that are stationary that haven't had blood so they're not alive so she brought the ogre from their planet as they're sort of like her bodyguards i don't have an answer and it's because i, I just don't think there was one because they're trying to work out the whole thing the doctor's trying to manipulate the magara to in to work out once they realize who it is they're going to arrest her and it's all over, but it's just trying to get them to that point. I Mar- think this season, like, it's a blanket statement because we're only at three of six. So we are halfway through. But based on the first three, I feel like they know what the end result is. The story is just serving to get to an end result. So actually, us analysing it is never really the point. The whole point was... They knew from the start who was going to have that crystal. They build a story around why that person has it. And then it's it's literally the story is just to reach it, not to not to serve as a story. And this is a prime example of that. We have all these other characters that are built in. Okay, at some point someone says, oh, well, we it can't just be this person. We need another. Okay, well, let's bring those people in. I don't think there's any more thought or detail than it's serving the story, which is a woman who is secretly 4,000 years old and living on Earth and working amongst them as if it's all normal. It would still make a story without the key to time stuff, though. still be an interesting story. I, oh, yeah, but I don't think that... I think that if it wasn't for the keys thing, the purpose wouldn't be the same, and therefore some of these things would have answers because the whole purpose is to get the key. So ultimate, it, uh, the end result is always to get the key. The step before that is who has the key. And and then how do we get the doctrine to the point of getting the key via story? I don't think, I don't think it's like, and yeah, I know that's quite a fleeting statement, but I don't think the point is to develop stories in that way. I think the point is that the story serves to the main purpose, which is to get the key. It's fun working out that so Romana goes back to try and find a bit about Cesar Diplos and that, and they find that she can't have any lemon juice. Or yeah, that was weird. <laughs> She's gone through her book and crossed out everything in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, make a note of that, everyone. We cannot serve citrus at the Doskers. Keep that out. All oh, the things she can't have. I was just thinking pancakes with a bit of lemon juice. Oh, she's missing out. I was thinking margaritas. Margaritas, yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> no margaritas. That's how, you, if you want to find out if someone says they're a Diplos secretly or a secret, like, <laughs> prison space <laughs> person, get, offer a margarita. If they say no, <laughs> be wary. <laughs> yeah. What else was lemon? Lemon cake? Lemon cake. Ooh, so I got, oh, you'll love this story. I got a panettone. Did I tell you this? I don't know. I got a panettone. Like, the other week so i was going to a party and i was going to be late so i was like i'm going to bring something to the party so that if people have eaten 
I can bring something slash if everyone's eating, I have something to eat because I'm going to be late. So the day before I bought this um, panettone, because it's Christmas, but it was a lemoncello panettone. And I'm not a massive lemon fan. Like, it's not my first going to. But oh, my, my God. Head, I know. <laughs> you, it's you. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I've let myself go there. But um, but I was like, well, it's not just for me. It's for other people. And the other flavors, I was a bit like, mm, they're very specific. Whereas lemon is a bit like, it's more of a neutral choice here. So I took that. And oh my gosh, it was so good. It was so, so if you see a lemon cello, it cost me a fortune though. Like it was so freaking expensive. It was 24 pound for like what would serve six to eight people. Like, but oh my gosh, it tasted amazing. It was so tasty. Okay, I take it back what I said. You're not, it's not you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Uh, yeah, but actually, no, lemon's not normally my go-to. Like, if I saw a lemon cake, I wouldn't think, ooh, lemon cake. So actually, just before this podcast, I was working, and someone um, gave me some limoncello while I was working, as you do, which they brought back from Italy. Their, um, their partner's dad is Italian and lives in Italy, and it was from the lemons from his tree from Sicily, and he makes it himself. <laughs> so don't ask me what percentage it was or how strong. Well, I don't know. It's this your homemade limoncello, and it was really good. It was really like fresh, but then sometimes lemon can be quite sickly. That's all I've got to yes. say on lemon. Oh, she couldn't put lemon on her fish and chips. No, oh, and I love doing that. Mm, I love that. Oh, she's missing out. But again, it's not really explained why lemon. And does he use well, that to any advantage? You know, they're trying to identify what planet she's from. Oh, of course, like, that was it. That was it. And then they're like, canine works out. Okay, there's this many planets where people can't eat citrus, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> that thing. Um, and then, well, it, then it gets wrapped up because then we work out that she's going to get arrested and she gets turned into a stone as her punishment, which is quite fitting, actually, for the Stones of Blood. There she is. An extra stone is there. At the, uh, at the which center. explains there was wasn't she saying very at the very start that like it was something about the number of stones has changed. Well, that's because I think the ogre were moving around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, so it adds, adds to the legend. So I like that. Yeah. It adds to the legend, and she can carry on working. And yeah, it's nice. And then what do we end up? There's that again. Another scene in the TARDIS at the end in that fridge room where they're just talking about. Oh, it's just a little joke, isn't it? Because he can't fit them together. That's yeah, that was it. But I'll tell you what was. So she goes in, and there's just that tiny fridge, and she opens it. I thought she was getting like a beer out or something. I was like, what's she doing? <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, oh, hard day in the office. <laughs> Let's have a glass of wine or something. I've talked a lot about alcohol in this, but the way she went to that little fridge, that little like mini fridge, it did look a little bit like. I was like, what's she doing? She's got some ciders and the bits of the key to time in that fridge. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was just really odd. It really, it it was just a mini fridge. It might as well have just had like a little TARDIS logo on it. Maybe in the 70s, mini fridges were like a cool thing, like a space. They are always a cool thing, Mark. Well, yeah, but maybe they were quite new around that time. Maybe. Fridges, and that was the thing, like, let's get a mini fridge in the TARDIS as like a <laughs> spacey. And she just went with it really like... 
suave over there, you know. But there's no furniture. There's a table and a fridge. There's nowhere to sit down. (laughs) Also, that ending, it's just him giving a look because he can't fit it together. I was like, that's shit. That's such a shit ending. Mm. It should have been twice, actually. It's almost like he forgot he had to hold it. Yeah, it goes on for a long time. It should have ended with Amelia and her and her looking at the TARDIS going away. Should have had or that. Or something like that. Yeah, it was just a bit of a odd ending, just him not being able to put some pieces together. Maybe well, that was it's, be- it's better than the joke with K9 that we sometimes get. I don't think True. we should have any more of those. Not a che- <laughs> or a chess, playing chess with K9 or something. You know, we've had that. We've done that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But overall then... How are you? I think I th- I think it's a great story. It's a good yeah. I'll give this... it a seven out of mm. ten. Yeah, it's good fun and a lot for Amelia and just the acting. And Tom Baker's great. Just his his acting. He was with... over a few lines in this though. Throughout, yeah. There's a few points I noticed where there's pauses where shouldn't be pauses. It's almost like he's forgotten or he's had a little bit of a stumble. There's quite a few. He's just playing it very confidently still. Yeah, I mean like. It's probably because I went back and rewatched some bits to try and understand that I noticed it more. But it was when he had like quite chunks of dialogue, maybe some sciencey bits. Well, I think he's still great and Romana's great and it's a good we it's carry a, yeah, on. it's a really good run. It's really nice mm. to have. So far. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone will like this one as well. I don't think I think the only criticism is just those the lights chatting might be a little bit boring after a while but i don't think it yeah, goes on to but i think for their purpose of that it was enough yeah yeah it moves the story I, I, in enough, fact I, I preferred it to a whole being for the sake of a trial yeah yeah we don't want to fool no all of that it served so its on. purpose yeah. well so great yes there we go halfway through the season <laughs> the key to time and the next one is four again. yeah what's it called it's called The Androids of Tara. Right. And it's my favourite one of the season. Oh, that could mean anything for me then. <laughs> yeah, it could be like the worst one then. But no, I, yeah, it's a good fun one again. Uh, uh, well, can you, find us, Mark? you can find us at To Watch Who on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for everybody that has been in touch. It's great to read your comments. Uh, and you can support us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash to watch who uh yeah anything we've missed or any facts that we might have missed from any anything that we've watched let us know uh because this is not a factual podcast it's just us finding things as we see as we watch (laughs) if i if i find a fact that's interesting i might i might bring it but are you just covering your own back a bit more well, no, I'm just saying I haven't got a fact wrong for a long time, have I? <laughs> that I know. I've <laughs> been quite True. good with the facts, but mainly because I haven't seen it. from isn't it? Who was it? I think he's son. Errol Flynn's son, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from that, well, I think that's when I stopped giving you facts. <laughs> yeah, we I mean, had a fat break for a while. <laughs> Mark was obsessed with Errol Flynn's son. Yeah. Well, I thought it was in the wheel of space. Amazing, but not. Um, okay, well, we were. <laughs> We will see you all next week. Bye. Bye. To watch who?